Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. Have you ever heard this definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to get a different result? Have you ever heard that definition before? Maybe you're looking at me right now going, he looks a little bit insane with those earmuffs around his neck. I'll get to these in just a second as to why I'm wearing them. So many people I talk to in life and so much of my own experience has been like the definition of insanity. I hope for different results in my life, like I want more peace or I want more contentment or I want more joy, and yet I'm not getting it, but I don't change anything about my day or my life in order to achieve those things. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I think this is something that everyone struggles with. We have a desire for different outcomes in our life, but we don't necessarily change anything that we're doing in order to get those different outcomes. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you would like to be able to live out more of the lessons that Jesus taught, like loving your neighbor or even better than that, loving your enemies and doing good to those that are evil and do things to hurt you. And yet, for some reason, you can't figure out how do I actually live those lessons out? Well, today I want to give you the secret to break this cycle of insanity, to actually help you get to the outcomes that you so desire. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I think today we are going to discover a very important truth. And as a bonus, I want to share with you what earmuffs have to do with following Jesus and how to get those outcomes out of your life. But before I share that with you, we all have a problem that I think we really need to identify and fully understand so that we can get to the solution. Can I be brutally honest with you? Maybe even step on your toes a little bit. We all, myself included, have rhythms and habits in our lives that don't get us the results that we're looking for. We live incredibly noisy and distracted lives. And yet we hope that at the end of every day, we'll get a different result than the one that we're getting. Yet every day we get up and we do the same thing over and over again. Our rhythms for many of us look like waking up to an alarm clock in the morning and then with our phone in our hands, we're checking social media, we're checking our text messages or our emails. And then 30 minutes go by and we see that we've watched some video that we don't even care about and now we're late to work and so we get up and we jump in the shower and we turn some music on or we listen to a podcast and then we get in our car and we drive to work or maybe we catch the bus or catch the train to school and we put in our headphones or we turn on a podcast and we just fill our lives with constant noise. We get to work and then we get to school and we just have so much information that is coming at us all day long. In fact, for many people in the workplace, they're so distracted by so much information coming at them that they can't even focus on their most important tasks. 
Then we jump back in the car at the end of the workday or at the end of school, we catch the bus or the train home and we plug in again or we turn on another radio show or another podcast. We get home, we turn the TV on while we're making dinner and then we watch the news and we sit down and eat dinner and perhaps even watch our favorite show on Stan or Netflix or maybe on YouTube or whatever streaming service that you like. And then at the end of the night, we fall asleep in our beds, exhausted from the day, still scrolling Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is that you do to kind of unwind and you end up falling asleep with that thing in your hand. And then the alarm goes off the next morning and we start doing it all over again. And yet many of us, Christians, even non-Christians, we want a different result in life. We want more peace. We want more joy. We want more contentment. But if we keep doing the same thing over and over again, we're going to keep getting the same result. There actually is some good news though. There's a different way and I want to share it with you today. Jesus offers us a different way of doing life. I said it in the previous video of this series, but I want to repeat the words that Jesus gave as an invitation to a different way of doing life. Matthew, one of his earliest followers, he records these words of Jesus for us. Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And then Jesus' next line is so powerful. After he invites people to walk with him, work with him and watch how he does life, he says these words, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. In other words, Jesus is saying, Learn how I live life, learn my habits, learn my rhythms. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you, Jesus says. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live lightly and freely. If you spent even 24 hours with Jesus, you would discover that he had some rhythms, he had some habits that he practiced every single day. In his groundbreaking book, The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg explains this concept of a keystone habit. Here's how he describes a keystone habit. It's a habit that is a small change that people introduce into their routines that unintentionally carries over into other areas of their life. Keystone habits create a domino effect that change every area of our lives. If you spent even a day with Jesus, you would discover a keystone habit that changed his life and could change yours as well. This is the big idea we're talking about today. How do we create this keystone habit that Jesus practiced every single day that can affect every area of our lives? In order for us to be able to look at the lifestyle that Jesus lived, we have to look at the accounts of his actual life. There are four accounts of his life that we have, four biographies, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These were early followers of Jesus that took the time to write down the accounts that took place in his life. 
stories of healings, stories of Jesus being tired, stories of Jesus eating, stories of Jesus having conversations with people. And one of the first followers, a guy named Mark, he starts his account of the life of Jesus, his biography with Jesus' first day on the job or first day in ministry. Right after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, Mark records for us that a dove came and rested on Jesus and then a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. His father was affirming and endorsing him to begin his ministry here on the earth. Immediately after that, Mark records for us that the Spirit of God came to Jesus and sent him out into the desert. And he was in the desert for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels came and attended to him. This is the first time we see in the New Testament a place called the Aramos in Greek referred to that Jesus would develop a habit of going out to on a regular basis. This word Aramos simply means a desolate place, a barren place, a place that's unpopulated, a place of solitude, and really importantly, a place of silence and quiet. This would be a regular occurrence in Jesus' life. In fact, if you were an apprentice with Jesus, you couldn't spend 24 hours with Jesus without going to the Aramos. In fact, right after Jesus came back from the wilderness, the Aramos, he went back into ministry and on the first day he began healing people and teaching people. And at the end of chapter one in the book of Mark, his account of Jesus' life, Mark says this, after Jesus' first day of ministry, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place. There's our word again, the Aramos, where he prayed. Further on in another gospel, another account of Jesus, Luke, the doctor who took a really detailed account of Jesus' life and wrote his biography, he says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. He uses that same word, the Aramos. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This was a habit of Jesus, one that he would go back to all the time throughout his ministry, constantly doing ministry, but then constantly moving to the Aramos, to the quiet place. It was a keystone habit for him. It was something that was a part of his daily routine and rhythms. If you wanted to be an apprentice of Jesus, you would have to learn to go to the Aramos. I oftentimes imagine that if you were an apprentice of Jesus following him around, much like you would if you were an apprentice on a, on a construction site, you would hear people from time to time throughout the day yell out, Smoko! And everyone would take a break, put their tools down and head to a place where they could have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and they could have something to eat. I imagine apprentices of Jesus would oftentimes hear him say, Aramos! In other words, we're heading off to the quiet, solitary place so that we can spend time with our Heavenly Father alone and just listen to what He wants to say to us. If you were an apprentice of Jesus in the first century, the Aramos, the quiet, solitude, quiet place, it would have been a part of your regular rhythms. It would have been a keystone habit. I think here in 2020, 
if we want to be apprentices of Jesus, then the aremos, the quiet place, places of silence and solitude, they have to become a part of our regular rhythms as well. They have to become a keystone habit in our following of Jesus. So the big question is this, what would Jesus do if he was here to find his Aramos in 2020? Would he come to the side of the mountain still? Would he do it early in the morning or late at night or middle of the day? I don't know exactly what it would look like, but the bigger question is this, what does it look like as an apprentice, a follower of Jesus, to develop this kind of habit and rhythm in our own lives of getting away for silence and solitude with our Heavenly Father? In the book, The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg, he talks about this idea of creating rhythms and habits. He said that creating any habit really has three key components, a cue, something that triggers the habit, the actual practice itself, and then finally a reward at the end of the habit. If you start with a trigger or a cue, then begin the practice, the habit, and then reward yourself at the end, you keep doing that cycle over and over again, you'll create a habit in your life. So how does that apply to this habit or this rhythm of silence and solitude? Well, I think first of all, you need to decide on a time each day that you wanna get alone with God. Just decide on whatever time that is. For me personally, I like to do it first thing in the morning and I like to do it early in the morning. Before my day gets started and before anybody else is up in the house, I wanna get alone and by myself with a cup of tea in my chair and my journal and I've decided that's the best time. Then you need to discover your Ramos, discover your place. Maybe it is on the side of a mountain. Maybe it's a chair like it is for me, or maybe it's some place where you walk alongside the beach. But decide on a time, discover your place, and then finally delight in God's goodness in that time. Up here on the mountain, it's easy to delight in God's goodness. You just have to look around and be amazed at His creation. Sitting in the chair, I oftentimes think to myself of all the great things God has provided for me, and I write those down. So decide on a time, discover your place, and then delight in God's goodness. Here's a couple of words of caution as you get started with this habit. Everyone's different. So don't compare your rhythm or your habit with other people because it needs to be your own. The other thing is this is a practice. We're not looking for perfection. So if you miss a day or you miss a moment or you even miss a whole week or a whole month, just get back to the practice. Don't worry about perfection. And then finally, I wanna caution you to worship Jesus, worship God, not the practice. Oftentimes we get legalistic with these types of disciplines or these rhythms or these habits and we begin to worship the actual habit instead of worshiping the God that the habit was designed for. So be cautious as you develop this. I want to encourage you, don't go it alone. You can do this alone, but you don't have to go it alone. Share this with other people in your room, share it with other people in your group, share it with other people in your life. Even though you do it alone, you don't have to go it alone. Start small. Maybe it just begins with five minutes a day. Maybe it begins with just a minute or two of silence and solitude with God. But start small, do it alone, but don't go it alone, and then stick with it. At first, it might be hard. I know it was for me. It might be something that you 
feel like is not working and it feels awkward, but just stick with it. I'm convinced that over time, this habit, this keystone habit of silence and solitude that Jesus had that affected every area of his life, it can do the same for you as well. I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, Jason, if you knew my life, you would understand it's impossible for me to develop this practice of silence and solitude. Here's what I know to be true. All of us are busy. All of us live distracted lives. Imagine though waking up and instead of reaching for your phone to scroll through the latest on whatever app that you use, imagine reaching for your journal, sitting in a quiet place, writing out your thoughts or even listening to what God is wanting to say to you. Imagine getting into your car on the way to work or school and deciding not to turn the radio on and just drive in silence listening. Imagine taking a break at lunch, sitting on a park bench, alone in silence and solitude. Imagine maybe even at night before you go to bed, closing yourself in a closet of your room just to get five minutes of silence to listen to God. Here's what I know to be true from this practice. Silence and solitude are like earmuffs for your soul. They help to block out the noise of your life so that you can hear the voice of God. In fact, when you turn down the volume of your life, you turn up the volume of God's voice. When you turn down the volume and noise and distraction in this world, you turn up the volume of God's voice in your soul. So I want to inspire you to imagine what it looks like on the other side of this practice of silence and solitude, where you begin to experience joy and peace and contentment because you're living your rhythms differently, because you're developing this keystone habit just like Jesus did.